Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right, once again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, and thank you very much for your continued support. We are building a platform, an industrial platform, an ever-expanding industrial platform that is dedicated to industrial professionals all around the world because you're bold you're brave you dare greatly you're solving problems you're collaborating you're making the world a better place why not celebrate you and that's why this platform is dedicated to you we are also if you can tell by the noise in the background accelerate 23 is our location orlando florida now it is brought to you by those wonderful people called fluke reliability you know them you heard of them great company with great people passionate about helping you succeed reach out to them go out and find more about fluke reliability in the hot seat tom wilk plant services services or service services services i gotta get that magazine he's in the hot seat let's get cracking he's also here at accelerate 23 by the way put that on your calendar accelerate 24 i i don't have a date i just know it's next year hey tom well hi how you doing scott no complaints. None. And, and, and I guarantee you wouldn't like to listen to my complaining. Are you having a good conference? Yeah, it's been a hell of a week. It's been an active week. My brain's full, and I think tomorrow I'm going to rest easy and process all that I've been learning this week. Okay. So with that said, because uh, you're, you're, you're Tom Will, Plant Services Magazine right here. Mm-hmm. It's on my notes, so I'm not going to ever forget about it. Um, give us a little background into Tom and, and why you're such an incredible professional. All right. Well, I'm a lifelong technical communicator. Um, I've had several jobs in this field. I taught for about 10 years at Ohio State University, teaching writing classes to engineering students. That He's le- a Buckeye. Yeah. You know, it's, it, the first question I had when I told folks where I was going to teach was, can you get us Michigan tickets? <laughs> Bada boom. Um, Here, I got something for you. Just, just one second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I moved after that job to a job with an environmental contractor who worked with the government to help clean up Army and Navy bases uh, before they were sold back to the public. And what I did was work with the field tech technicians. They would you know, they would collect all the data on contaminants in the soil and groundwater, things like leaking gasoline tanks underground, things like uh, dirty sediments in, in, a, in a naval lagoon. They'd bring back those numbers to me, and I would write the reports that would help explain what was in the soil and groundwater for a more public audience, the state, the feds, and local community boards. Uh, Those sites are what? One step below a super fun site on some of them? Some of them were, some of them weren't. We we had an exciting situation in San Francisco Bay one time where uh, the boat that we were on was taking a sediment core and they drilled the core down into the sediment, they brought it back up, and instantly all the Geiger counters in the boat went crazy. No way! Turns out that was a location where a lot of ships coming back from atomic testing in the 50s had their, had the paint sandblasted off and just settled in the lagoon, and it was an official state secret. Wow. Oh. So, uh, uh, but pretty, most of it, honestly, was, uh, cool. was a lot of underground uh, gasoline tanks, which had uh, just gotten rusty in the corners yeah. over the decades of use and developed rust holes and slowly would leak little plumes of gasoline. And we had to help them find out, was it going into an aquifer? Was it heading into a residential area? How harmful was it? That sort of thing. I, I think that that's a cool story. 
I like that. And, yeah. and I'm glad you're doing it. it, it that, that work's still going on, right? It is. It yeah. is. And the nice thing is that it was a good training ground for me in the language of risk analysis and risk management, which feeds into what I'm doing with plant services right now, helping reliability teams with their best practices. Um, who, who founded uh, the magazine, the Plant Services magazine? That was founded in the early 80s. Uh -huh. It was uh, formerly owned we by... about niche. At yeah, that time, it, <laughs> early 80s. It's interesting. It was uh, uh, the former Putman Media Company. Now we're part of the Endeavor Business Media family. Uh, we were Putman. Quite familiar with them. Okay, we were up until up until about this time last year, April 2022, we were part of the Putman family, which had eight brands focused on heavy industry. Uh, some of them process-oriented, some of them more gen general manufacturing focused. And my title was the magazine focusing on asset management. Uh, work, best practices, professionalism, leadership, that sort of thing. Well, you're in a you're at a good conference, and, and why are you here at Accelerate 23? Give, give, the, give us a background on that one. Well, I am here because for a long time, Plant Services has been a, a media partner to Fluke, supporting their event. We were a media partner at the last Accelerate event in 2019, before the world stopped for a couple of years. Um, since then, now, Plant Services is part of the Endeavor Business Media family. I'm in the same business group as titles your listeners might know, like Industry Week, oh, um, Smart yeah. Industry, yep. um, New Equipment Digest. And it's great to be part of that team. And we figure that collective media firepower supporting the, the Fluke event uh, enables practitioners also to, to have access to the knowledge that people have shared through our publications, too. Um, and as far as Fluke goes... Um, we have worked with them on articles before. There's a lot of good content from Fluke authors on plantservices.com. We often ask their experts, uh, hey, what's, what's coming up when it comes to condition monitoring technologies, especially uh, non-destructive testing technologies? Um, when I first joined Plant Services in 2014, one of the first articles that I wrote was a case study where they were using a Fluke thermal imager. Yeah. Not in heavy industry. They were using it to... to make uniform the quality of the ice for curling tournaments and what the technicians Again, that would, was nichey niche holy it, moly it, it, it was a fun application because what they were using the camera for wasn't measuring is there a hot spot in the in electrical panel for example they wanted to measure the temperature on the ice the temperature in the air the temperature in in, in, in the chiller room um what i learned when writing that piece was that ice for curling tournaments has to be very specific uh, in terms of the granularity of the ice and the way the, the way the playing field is set. And the Fluke Thermal Imager helped the teams understand better how to create those optimized conditions for the curling uh, So it's not a garden hose, uh, just sort of you build a bumper and you fill it up with the, uh, water from the tap. No, and I guess when, when, <laughs> when you throw stones for a living, you can really tell when the ice is good or bad. Gosh. It's fascinating. Hey, there, speaking of that, uh, Curly, have you ever seen the, the video out there? You go out to an, um, uh, YouTube mm -hmm. and find out how they manufacture those stones. Oh, no kidding. I bet it's great. It is. It is great. It's like, really? And it's a specific rock. And then it has to be ground a certain way. And then it has to be, you know, it's... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anybody who is into manufacturing, that is a geeky video. Yeah. So it's all good. Well, now... It, well, it's good, too, because that's a reliability mindset of our readers, right? You don't turn reliability off when you leave the plant, when you leave the office. You carry it with you. And so the curling story was kind of a sidestep, in a way, from factory life. But it's that mindset where people can who know the machine so intimately that they can hear when there's something off oh, yeah. on a vibration level. Yeah. They hear a funny noise. They know exactly what that is. 
that's the analogy with the curling people. They they throw enough stones, they know exactly what you're talking about. Is this is this uh, uh, edge not polished enough? Is the ice funny? It's, it's it is cool. I, I got to tell you. Now with that, a uh, couple of questions. One, just define plant services. What is that? That's a that's a fairly high level, I guess, focus because it encompasses just define it for us. Correct. It's it's a pretty broad area of coverage. Our tagline is smart solutions for maintenance and reliability. These could be leadership solutions. These could be technology solutions. These could be process solutions. Um, so yeah. what we we try and keep our our eyes open on the latest and greatest, say, updates to standards, as well as updates on how technologies are enabling people to follow those standards. Uh, we also keep an eye closely on how best to lead your teams. I think that's one of the differentiators of our magazine is that we have uh, a dedicated leadership columnist. Uh, who who work who has worked in the maintenance and reliability profession, who knows what it takes for say a new supervisor to learn how to lead their team, or for a veteran supervisor to help train their team up up and get them upskilled based on needed needed skills in the plant. See, that's a, that's a really good uh, good topic to have, just because many companies and I know them have said, hey, we want to be a reliability focused culture. The organization, and then they just think, "Hey, I'll buy some equipment, and, and that's it. We're done. We're we're done." But it, uh, there is uh, a, a professional component to that on how to just be, how to continue training, how to continue to cultivate, how to be that leader. And I'm trying to fix something here. There it is. Um, so that I like. Now, with your magazine, of course, you guys are you're, you're having conversations around trends. Mm -hmm. Can you explain to the listeners a little bit about some of the trends that you see happening in industry today? Sure. Well, the number one trend right now, we did some research uh, with our readers on what are the current obstacles to success. And hey, we, there you go. We separated out those data into one of two tracks. Either it was responders who were primarily managers or responders who were primarily frontline employees or first-level supervisors. Yeah. What we found was a certain divergence in the areas of concern. Um, the the, the frontline and, and frontline managers uh, were very acutely aware of, of workforce issues, especially uh, uh, staffing issues, the, 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 the challenge of finding enough skills to fully staff the plant, right? The managers were focused uh, it, a little bit differently on things such as um, how to... Uh, what to invest in capital expenses in the next in the next yeah. couple of years? What technologies would be the best ones? However, the one point of commonality be, be, between them is that both uh, both audiences' number one concern was supply chain. Now, I'm, yes. I'm sure your, your listeners have brought this up, I'm sure uh, before, but we found it very very interesting that even at this point, uh, if, if the shared commonality between all plant employees that they are all feeling the pinch of not knowing when materials may arrive, long lead times for spare parts. How do you rebuild your, your 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 spare parts room and manage your inventory? So everyone's trying to work through that right now. It's a big deal, and and I was having a conversation with uh, another company, and the first thing I went to was like, how are you sourcing your feedstock? Mm -hmm. How does that happen? Because that is such a critical pinch point for any business if you have, and and, and many of the businesses are receiving their feedstock and and, and raw materials. And, and everybody's like the same thing. It's like, mm -hmm. I think we're good. 
but we've had burps and 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 so so what are some of the strategies to help address the, the supply chain challenges well number one i think people are focused on dynamic scheduling and they're looking towards software and and potentially ai driven software to help them with that um sometimes these these uh these systems are tied into say the erp system yeah so when the system understands what raw materials are coming in that way it can help dynamically reschedule the work being done um and uh i'll give you a concrete example yeah yeah, Um, please let's say you're a chip manufacturer now you went right to the chips because chips were the the big problem they were and there there were a whole bunch of supply chains that were a little bit wonky uh last year one case i heard was that uh there was a company which put a coating on the chip to seal it and the challenge for them was they didn't know what coatings they would have for what chips at what time. And oftentimes they were waiting until Friday afternoon to figure out during the weekend's planned downtime, how do you reconfigure the product lines to accommodate the new ceiling coating? And so that was a challenge was dynamic scheduling on the fly almost in real time to figure out uh, what, what, would the, what would the maintenance crew be doing that weekend to help enable operations to produce the, the, chips, that, the chips later that week, the next week. There's a, there's a theme, too, that, that along with this dynamic scheduling, the supply chain pain, mm-hmm. and, and when people start talking about the need to have greater clarity into my data, mm-hmm. like, you know, everybody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. The themes that I've, I've realized is, one, don't make it hard on me because I'm dealing with supply chain problems, and those are headaches, and that, that just doesn't resolve itself overnight. That's mm-hmm. one, two. Uh, is it simple? Like, can I, or am I having to learn another doggone thing that I'm just going to? So there's that theme of just saying, if you can, if you can deliver a powerful solution, a powerful, um, you know, approach to whatever challenge, I'm, and make it simple, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all, I'm all in, mm-hmm. because I'm dealing with all of the other challenges. So right, you're sort of getting that same feedback. Yeah, and there's an opportunity right now for companies in this space, whether it's Fluke, whether it's whether it's other sensor companies, to to help plant teams with a secondary trend, which is remote monitoring of their assets. Yeah, you know, it's this is becoming less of a pinch point than it was during the COVID crisis moment. Yeah. I know we're all managing it right now. Um, when you didn't know which employees could be in or out, when the plant was setting up systems whereby p- people sometimes couldn't come into work, when it was skeleton crew on site. It became that much more important for the, the plant teams to look at remote monitoring solutions, adding fixed sensors on critical assets, uh, uh, installing and o- operating the software that would collect those data, and then not only, as you said, collect the right data, but then move them to where they had to go to go to be visible. Whether it was in, whether it was it, on a on a cloud plat- analytics platform, whether it was linked to ERP systems, folks who couldn't go into the office needed access to all that. Right, so yeah, so that that was another big trend we saw in the past couple of years was yeah. remote monitoring technologies really took off, and for a lot of your readers, they'll they'll be nodding their heads at this. But uh, oh, absolutely, no, you're absolutely spot on on that one, and I agree with you 100. percent It was just, and then it gets down to trust. I know I have to do it. Who do I trust? Because mm-hmm. everybody started hanging their shingles out mm-hmm. as a result of, of yeah, yeah, you you got to get that data. I I do right. IoT. Here it is, and all that stuff. Well, but before March 2020, we heard stories about folks using remote monitoring technologies in places that were hard to access, like cooling towers, for example, where you wouldn't want yeah. folks to go up there that often. Right. Since the pandemic, we've heard, no, let's get this in as many places as makes sense, especially on the critical assets. So that, that's, a, that's been a game changer. Yeah, no, that's a good one. All right, one last question before we wrap it up. Uh, future. Outside, you see seeing trends. What, what other 
future think? Put your future hat on. What do you think is getting, what's getting you excited? What's getting me excited? I think the fact that I'm seeing a genuine uptick in millennial professionals attending events like this. Ah, see, that's a good one. Genuinely. Uh, there was a time not in, in the past couple of years where the events that I would go to, I would see the, the greatest number of young professionals were coastal events, uh, like like an, uh, an event like a, the old OSI Soft Pie World event in San Francisco, uh, or something like a PTC LiveWorks event in Boston, um, where you'd get people fresh out of colleges on the coast who were data scientists who might not know where they wanted to apply their skills. I think now, a couple of years later, we're starting to see that enough data scientists in that generation are finding out, hey, there's a lot of good work available in the industry why don't we join industrial teams and see what we can we do to help uh, uh, move this data around that the plants want to collect now and how to analyze it and process it. I like hearing that uh, that youth. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and, and you, you could see it all week here at Fluke Accelerate. It was, it was, it was astonishing to, uh, to, to see all the new, fresh, young faces so excited to be here. See, I love that. I do. I love it a lot. That's just great, great news. All right, his name is Tom Will. How do you how do they get a hold of it? How do they get a hold of you, Tom? Will? Well, you can find me on plantservices.com. I'm the chief editor. My email there is twilk at endeavorb2b.com. You can go to plantservices.com and gain access to all the materials and resources we have on the site. You can also sign up for a print subscription if you'd like on the website, but we update that site daily so you get the most fresh information on the website. And as it happens, we have a podcast we call The Tool Belt, uh, where we're ramping cool. up on that one, uh, at least two episodes a month. So uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to you one of these days. In the, in the Make it spot. happen, Captain. I'm all there, man. I, I've got things to say. We'd love to hear you say them, man. Yeah, Share with our readers. It is, but... All right. Thank you very much for joining. We're going to have all the contact information for Tom out on Industrial Talk, so fear not. Reach out to this gent. Find out more. Finger on the pulse of what's taking place in the world of reliability. That is Tom and his team at Plant Services Magazine. So reach out. Do not hesitate. Again, we are here at Accelerate 23. Fluke Reliability is the company. Put, you just got to be here next year because this, this, this conference is not too big, not too small. It's just the right, right size to be able to have great conversations with professionals that want to solve your problem. So put that on your calendar. All right. Stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. Thank you once again for joining Industrial Talk and your continued support. Thomas Wilk, W-I-L-K. You can call him Tom because I call him Tom. Editor-in-Chief, Plant Services. Big time focus on reliability. That was Accelerate 2023. Of course, they're going to have a 2024. I just know it's in 2024. I don't have a month or date or whatever. But I'm telling you right now, if you're in the reliability space, yes, you must attend. That's a must-attend event wherever it is in 2024. And you get to meet people like Tom, who's passionate about reliability. And if you are, you need to be there. All right. Industrial Talk is a platform. I say it all the time. That's dedicated to industrial professional. It's an ecosystem to tell your story, to explain why industry is so fantastic and why you need to get involved. You need to be these uh, Sherpas that help companies succeed or companies that are in industry, they are changing the world. Please consider being part of Industrial Talk. Just go out to industrialtalk.com. 
say, Scott, I want to be on the podcast. And you'll say, fantastic. You'll have a conversation with me, tell your story, whatever it might be, and then, you know, you just go with it. All right, be bold, be brave. Dare greatly. Continue to do what you are doing with the level of passion and, and excitement. And you're going to change the world. Hang out with Tom and others that were at Accelerate 2023, and you're going to change the world. We're going to have another conversation shortly, so do not go away and do not fret. Reach out to him. Go out to industrialtalk.com. We're going to have another great conversation shortly, so stay tuned.